You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, November 14th. And I'm here for the next 20 minutes or so to tell you what I liked and what I didn't like from number four, Ohio State's resounding 59-31 win over number 19, Purdue, in Columbus yesterday afternoon. Hey, look, there was a lot to like, obviously. You beat a top 20 opponent by four touchdowns, racking up 59 points on 624 total yards of offense. I mean, you know, what's not to like? Now, I said on Thursday's pod, I thought Purdue was the toughest remaining opponent on Ohio State's regular season schedule. Granted, I might not have been giving Michigan its due credit. Having said that, you know, maybe I went a little overboard with my respect of Purdue, but I really believed this was going to be a tricky game for Ohio State. I mean, the the history over the last 20 years of these two programs aside, I thought Purdue you know, with a very potent passing attack and a quarterback and Aiden O'Connell, who's completing over 70% of his passes and a playmaker at receiver and David Bell, who's been torching the Big Ten all season and a creative play caller, Jeff Brom. I thought the combination of all those things would really give Ohio State fits yesterday. And, you know, statistically speaking, you know, Purdue did, at least on that side of the ball. I mean, O'Connell torched Ohio State. For 390 yards passing, completing 40 of 52 passes and throwing for four touchdowns. And you know what? It didn't matter at all. I mean, that was one of the better statistical lines you'll ever see from an opposing quarterback in the horseshoe. And it almost had no impact on the final outcome because the Ohio State offense was so utterly dominant on every level. I mean, the Purdue defense, which came into the game, 26 nationally in total defense and 14th against the pass had absolutely no hope of even slowing down the Ohio State offense. So why don't I get into what I actually like from the from from this game? I'm going to start with Garrett Wilson, of course. I mean, we were reminded yesterday of just how valuable Wilson is to this team, you know, how supremely talented he is on and how many different ways he can really affect a football game. And now looking back, at what happened last week against Nebraska, uh, you know, Wilson's absence really had a major impact on that game. But he was available yesterday and <laughs> we, uh, you know, we saw, you know, all the the wonderful ways that he can impact a game for Ohio State. Now, he finished with four touchdowns on 11 touches. That's 10 catches for 126 yards and three touchdown receptions. He also scored on a 51-yard run off of a jet sweep. Now, Wilson, I mean, he really toyed with the Purdue defense all afternoon. I don't think there's any better way to say it. Just really toyed with them. His second quarter 12-yard touchdown catch on what I guess was a back shoulder fade with a Purdue defensive back in his jersey was just spectacular. I mean, Wilson has vice grips for hands. And once the ball is in his clutches, nothing is going to pry it loose. And that play really... You know, if Wilson's going to have any kind of a Heisman campaign, that was a Heisman moment right there. 
Um, but I thought his last touchdown grab of the afternoon was his best. And it was on Ohio State's first possession of the third quarter. It was fourth and one. Wilson scored on a 24-yard slant where he made a great move at the line to get open. Then he made two Purdue defenders miss on his way to the end zone. And he really punctuated that play by giving star defensive end George Karloftis a stiff arm as he crossed the goal line. I mean, that was really kind of a microcosm of the game for the Purdue defense. You know, you have... Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson giving George Karloft a, a stiff arm as he's crossing the, the goal line. Um, you know, Wilson is not going to have the career numbers to show it because he, he didn't play much as a freshman and he had a truncated COVID season last year, only played eight games. But I think he and Terry Glenn are the two most gifted receivers to ever play at Ohio State. Now, Wilson, in my opinion, is OBJ 2.0. But without the baggage, I mean, I think he's that level of talent. He is extraordinary, and it's a shame that he just didn't get enough opportunities to really put up the the statistical numbers to put him up there with some of the all time greats at Ohio State. But I believe, firmly believe, he's one of the two most talented receivers to ever play at Ohio State. Terry Glenn being the other. Another thing I loved out of the performance yesterday was quarterback C.J. Stroud. 31 of 38 for 360 yards passing and five touchdowns. Really not a single mistake that I can remember. I mean, I think he may have had one errant throw. I think it might have been a Smith and Jigba that he probably wished he could have back. But that was about it. And I really can't even conceive of a better passing performance for my quarterback than what Stroud turned in yesterday in a pretty important game against Purdue. Now, some Ohio State fans want to see Stroud run more, but I mean, beyond that, what more do you want, Buckeye Nation? I mean, Stroud is actually, he was great yesterday. I think he's been great all season. He's had a couple moments where, you know, he showed his youth and where he showed, you know, in need of development. But man, on the season, Stroud now has 3,036 yards passing, 30 touchdown passes to only five interceptions. He's completing 68.8% of his passes, and that's in only nine starts. Remember, he did not play against Akron. So, you know, if we're looking at context, I'm looking at Justin Fields' 2019 season. I think this really puts what Stroud is doing this season into to great context. Now, Stroud is on pace to throw for more yards than Fields did in 2019, uh, Fields finished that season completing 67% of his passes. Uh, as I've already said, Stroud is uh, yeah, already completing 68.8%. Uh, Fields threw for 41 touchdown passes in 2019. Now, Stroud will have at least three more games this season to match that total of 41 touchdowns, uh, at least three. So two more regular season games and a postseason game of some kind. It may just be a bowl game. I don't have uh, Fields... Uh, statistical line here in front of me, but he threw for over 3,200 yards in that 2019 season, which was, you know, a magical season for Ohio State. Stroud is on pace to shatter that. And uh, look, he is uh, he is well on his way, in my opinion, to New York as a Heisman finalist. Stroud is. Another thing I loved out of the performance yesterday was the reemergence of the Ohio State offensive line. That unit shook off back-to-back lackluster performances against Penn State and Nebraska to give Stroud all day to throw yesterday and opened up giant holes in the run game for Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams. Now, according to PFF, the Purdue defense recorded only one pressure on Stroud, and that was a hurry 
by strong safety Marvin Grant. The Purdue pass rush received its lowest grade of the season from PFF at 57. Star defensive end George Karloftis was a total non-factor, and I think really his most memorable moment from yesterday was what I already mentioned. That was <laughs> that was getting stiff-armed by Garrett Wilson as he was crossing the goal line for that third-quarter touchdown. Now, PFF gave Ohio State a grade of 81.6 for pass blocking. That was their second highest grade of the season in that category and a grade of 86.5 in run blocking, which was their, I uh, believe, their third highest grade of the season. And it was their highest grade in that area since the Akron game. So kudos to the Ohio State offensive line. It really enabled the Buckeye skill players to really just have their way with the Purdue defense all afternoon. And uh, hey, you know, they showed up, you know, just in time the Ohio State offensive line, that is, showed up just in time for the most important games of the season because they're really going to need to play at that same level against both Michigan State and Michigan. I also loved what I saw out of the Ohio State running game. Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams combining for 215 yards on 27 carries, averaging just under eight yards per carry. Uh, they made for a very effective you know, thunder and lightning combination that was the perfect complement to the passing game yesterday. And I also appreciate how smart the coaching staff is being with Henderson's workload. He's not getting a single carry more than what's needed. And, you know, kudos to the Ohio State coaching staff for that. Only 13 carries for Henderson yesterday. And I think it's pretty obvious he's not quite 100%. You know, he's had to make several trips to that medical tent over the last few games. And, you know, he's not a big dude. I think this offseason he's going to have to put on, you know, 10 or 15 pounds. So they have to be really careful about overworking him at this stage in his career. Still a young player, only 18 years old, true freshman. And look, it's November. It's you got Michigan State and Michigan looming, and the Buckeyes are going to need to lean on him over these next couple of weeks, big time. And then you know, most assuredly, if they see a Wisconsin uh, or a team like that in the Big Ten title game, if they get there, so uh, you know they got plenty of production out of Mayan Williams in the late going uh, yesterday to salt away the clock. And, you know, kudos to Williams. He had a very nice day as well. So Buckeyes, again, 215 yards rushing on eight yards per carry from their backs yesterday. And they got out of the game without any injuries. So that in and of itself was a big win for Ohio State. Finally, uh, I love the play once again of Jackson Smith and Jigba, the sophomore slot receiver. Uh, he led the Buckeyes in receiving yards for the fourth straight game, nine catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. He turned in another explosive play on a pop pass that went for 49 yards. He almost scored on the play. He just barely stepped out of bounds uh, on the play, but uh, another explosive play for Smith and Jigba. Um, I said it last week. He is turning into a star right before our eyes. You know, not unlike Garrett Wilson, Smith and Jigba has become pretty devastating after the catch. He almost always makes that first man miss. He can run through contact. And after Wilson, I think he has the most reliable pair of hands among the Ohio State receivers. And that's saying a lot because you also got Chris Olave, you know, uh, among that bunch. I, I honestly don't know how you defend against this offense when Ohio State's third receiver is this dangerous. Smith, Smith and Jigba is, you know, technically their slot receiver, but he is doing way more than just helping them move the chains on third down, right? Which traditionally, that's what you hope to get out of a slot receiver. You know, just traditionally, a slot receiver isn't your best athlete, but he's a guy who can get open. He's got reliable hands. He can get you, you know, seven or eight yards on, you know, third and six. But Smith and Jigba has given him way, way, way more than that. 
And I, he, what a nightmare he presents to opposing defensive coordinators. Okay, look, I, you know, I, I don't want to be one of these Ohio State fans that, you know, bitches about a 28-point win over a top 20 opponent. So I don't want to spend too much time on the things that I didn't really like out of yesterday's performance. But there were a few, and they were entirely on the defensive side of the ball. First, where was the pass rush? Ohio State came into this game tied for first nationally in quarterback sacks and didn't even so much as breathe on Aiden O'Connell all day. According to PFF, the Ohio State defense finished with one quarterback pressure on the day, and that was from Tyreek Smith. The defense finished with by far its lowest pass rush grade of the season from PFF at a 52.3. Now, its lowest grade for pass rush prior to yesterday was against Tulsa. Uh, the Ohio State pass rush that day graded out at 62.5, a full 10 percentage points better than yesterday. So the pass rush stunk uh, yesterday. I don't know. There's no other way to say it. In the postgame, you know, Ryan Day was asked about the lack of pressure from the defensive front on Aiden O'Connell. And he said it was because they were dropping eight in coverage much of the day and only rushing three. Now, I don't know if that was actually the case, but, you know, if it, if it, if it were the case, you know, I got to question Matt Barnes and Kerry Combs for that game plan. I mean, any game plan that results in Ohio State limiting the one thing it does best on defense, which is getting after the quarterback against a pass-happy team like Purdue and a, you know, a, a quarterback with a really, really hot hand in Aiden O'Connell, I mean, that is a seriously flawed game plan. I, I don't know what they could have been thinking. And, and look, if you're going to give up 390 yards passing and four touchdowns to Aiden O'Connell anyway, then why not send your pass rush after him and live with the results, especially with the way your offense was playing? I mean, the offense gave you a safety net to, to take some risks on defense and really try and get after O'Connell and force him into some mistakes. I mean, I believe he came into the, the day with eight interceptions, you know, on the season. So, you know, he hasn't been perfect. So, I, I don't know, curious game plan, I thought, by Barnes and Combs. You know, I also found it a little troubling that Jeff Brown was able to scheme guys open all day long against the Ohio State secondary. And there were Purdue receivers running wide open all afternoon. And the Ohio State secondary, quite frankly, looked just lost at times. It was very troubling to me to see that, you know, especially in the second half, they they just looked, you know, flummoxed by what... Uh, Purdue was doing offensively to scheme its its receivers open. Now, I thought Denzel Burke actually held up pretty well one-on-one with David Bell. Bell finished with 103 yards on 11 receptions. He was targeted 17 times. I mean, that's not bad. And Lathan Ransom also played pretty well. He was Ohio State's top graded defender by PFF yesterday, believe it or not, with a grade of 81.1. But, you know, Marcus Williamson, who's actually been having a really good season, was dreadful. He finished with his lowest PFF grade of the season with a 50.7. Seven Banks had a rough afternoon as well, grading out at 54 or 55.4. Banks was beaten by Milton Wright for a 29-yard touchdown, though it did look like Wright might have pushed off on that play. But still, you know, Banks gets beat one-on-one. Not a great afternoon for him. So, look, I mean, um, Ohio State is 108th nationally in passing yards allowed now. And I, I think Paige said this in our 2020 season recap pod after the national championship game, and I totally agree. It is inexcusable for Ohio State to be ranked in the 100s in any statistical category. 
Now, you know, I think Aiden O'Connell might have been the best quarterback left on Ohio State's remaining schedule. He's he's a, a really good quarterback, in my opinion. And he's been kind of quietly shredding the Big Ten all season long. And certainly David Bell was the best receiver left on their schedule. There's no question about that. But when you're that dreadful, 108th nationally in passing yards allowed, I think it's it's going to be a concern no matter who you play, even against you know Michigan State and Michigan who aren't uh, you know who aren't quite as devastating throwing the ball as as Purdue. And, and you know, look, I I think it is also reasonable that you know part of what was at play yesterday, especially in the second half, was the old letting their foot off the gas after jumping out to a big lead. But, you know, overall, I, I was disappointed by the defense yesterday. As a unit, they'd been making steady progress every week since the Oregon loss. But yesterday, you know, look, they took a step or two back. And I really hope the coaching staff takes a good long look at what happened on that side of the ball against Purdue. I, I, I mean, they even let Purdue run the ball pretty well yesterday. And Purdue came into that game ranked 128th. So yeah, 128th out of 130 teams in the FBS in rushing offense. And they averaged almost five yards a carry against Ohio State. So some work to be done there by the defense as we as we move into Ohio State's toughest part of their schedule. They're going to have to be way better than they were uh, defensively yesterday. Overall, though, still a very impressive win by the Buckeyes. And it'll be interesting to see where they land in Tuesday's playoff rankings. Did they do enough to finally overtake Oregon, who was unimpressive in a win over Washington State at home last night? Now, that game was tied at the half, and it was 24-17 midway through the fourth quarter. Oregon eventually pulled away late to win 38-24, but it was another squeaker by the Ducks. And yet uh, you have to wonder, even with its head-to-head win over the Buckeyes, how much longer Oregon will be able to hold on to that number three spot if Ohio State keeps winning. In other action around the country, I was relieved to see Oklahoma finally go down at the hands of Baylor. Now, I said on Thursday's pod that Oklahoma would eventually become a problem for Ohio State if it kept winning and remained undefeated. Well, now that is no longer a concern. The committee didn't really seem to believe in Oklahoma before their 27-14 loss to Baylor yesterday. And I suspect they're going to punish Oklahoma in the new rankings on Tuesday night. Only 260 yards of total offense from the Sooners yesterday. And it looks like they have all kinds of questions at quarterback now. And Lincoln Riley benched freshman Caleb Williams and turned back to Spencer Rattler in that game. And neither quarterback was very effective. The Sooners really couldn't run the ball either. Oklahoma finished with 78 yards on 28 carries. But look, give Baylor credit. They were tough and physical on defense and do not look at all like a Big 12 team on that side of the ball. And I mean that as a compliment. I was pretty impressed with the Bears yesterday. They really stifled Oklahoma and uh, thankfully handled, handed them that loss we've, as Ohio State fans, have all been waiting for. And another game of, of interest to Ohio State fans. Now, look, it wasn't pretty, but I have to give some credit to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan for escaping Happy Valley yesterday with a 21-17 win over Penn State. This was a pretty entertaining game. I watched the whole game, and it was vintage Big Ten football in November. Shitty weather, good defense, low scoring. Now, I picked Penn State to win that game, and I thought they had a great chance after tying it up at 14 in the fourth quarter, then getting a strip sack of Cade McNamara on the ensuing Michigan 
a possession that set Penn State up in great field position at the Michigan 24-yard line. Unfortunately for Penn State, they weren't able to punch it in, but they did kick the go-ahead field goal to go up 17-14 with 5.55 to play. But on the ensuing Michigan possession, I give Michigan credit, man. They dialed up a pretty awesome uh, crossing route to their tight end, Eric All, to spring him for a 47-yard catch and run for the game-winning touchdown with 3.29 to play. Man, you got to be frustrated if you're a Penn State fan. You know, they, uh, <laughs> on the ensuing possession, they, they, I believe they went four and out, didn't do anything. And uh, Michigan was able to hold on for the win. Penn State had a botched fake field goal attempt earlier in the game. They missed, they missed another uh, field goal uh, later on in the game. Both of those plays, both of those, uh, you know, misses really haunted them. And look, as much as we've criticized Jim Harbaugh for his big game failures, and Paige made reference to this in our preview pod on Thursday, I think James Franklin deserves as much criticism. He is now 2-11 and 11 against top 10 opponents. And this game, man, this it was there for the taking for Penn State, and they just couldn't get it done again. Must be really, really frustrating for Penn State fans. Okay, finally. I want to take a quick peek at Ohio State's next opponent, number seven, Michigan State. Sparty visits the Horseshoe next Saturday for a noon Eastern kick on ABC. The early line is Ohio State minus 18. Now, coming off their loss at Purdue last Saturday, Sparty rebounded yesterday with a 40 to 21 win over Maryland in East Lansing. Now, we all know about Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker III, who leads not only the Big Ten, but the whole country with 1,473 yards rushing, and we know they have a solid quarterback in Peyton Thorne, who's sixth in the Big Ten in passing at 246 yards per game. They have a good playmaker at receiver in Jaden Reed. Reed is among the Big Ten leaders in receiving with 829 yards this season and is third in the conference in yards per reception at 18.4. So look, uh, you know, Michigan State can do some things on offense. They're pretty balanced, and they have a a playmaker at running back in Walker the third that they, you know, that could present some problems for that defense. Now I plan to wrangle a page and Chad later this week for a closer look at this game. But the one stat I'll leave you with today is this Michigan state is dead last in the FBS in pass defense. Sparty is 130th in the country, allowing 329 yards passing a game. The Purdue team that C.J. Stroud just shredded for 361 yards and five touchdowns was 14th nationally against the pass. Okay, that's going to do it for me. We'll be back with a Sparty preview pod on either Wednesday or Thursday. Until then, have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.